just from my experiences on rivers and just being outside, yeah, that's that's what kind of draws your attention to the to the need to preserve things and just just be good, you know, just just be good to yourself, be good to the outdoors, be good to everybody. You know, that's, that's kind of a. It seems like such a simple concept, right? It's honestly, you know, it it does. It seems like such. Just be good to other people. You know, just, just protect everything that's around you. You know, treat others like you want to be treated. That you know, if there's one thing that I grasp from my religious upbringing, that's mm. it. You know, just, just, just be good. Be a good person. Thursday, June eighteenth, two thousand twenty. What's up, everyone? I'm Paul Clark. Sup, Paul? Welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, I'm overlooking Smith Rocks, one of the more bucolic, iconic landscapes in central Oregon, while having a conversation with one of the preeminent river paddleboarders, Mike Tavares. Mike T is one of those guys that you look to for inspiration, for motivation, for pointers on how to be a better paddler, and with this conversation, pointers on how to be a better person. Just be good to yourself, the environment, and other people around you. Without further ado, Mike T. Calling Mike Tavares. Hey, hey. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Good, how are you, man? We'll start the, the podcast here in a little bit. A couple of things I want to make sure that I say correctly. <clears throat> Tavares is your yeah. proper pronunciation. Well, it's it's that's that's funny, dude. Well, I mean, like, we all say Tavares. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, all, to be quite honest, like, the true Portuguese pronunciation is Tavares. Um, but, you know, my family, can't, we, we all changed it to Tavares. Tavares. Way back when they, when they came over. So everybody says Tavares. Well, actually, half my family says Tavares and half says Tavares. So. <laughs> I, I respond. I respond to all, and I never correct. It's hilarious because I, I really, you know, I, it doesn't bother me either way. So uh, yeah, it seems like you respond to Mike T pretty well too. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I know. I've gone from my middle initials D, so I used to be Mike D, and then when I started paddling, people called me Mike T, and then I was like, sweet, Mike T works, man. That's great. <laughs> you know. So that that's been it. You know. And River Shred is your signature river paddleboard. Yeah. And was that named it after is. your dog or was your dog named after your board? <laughs> <laughs> well, Shredder came first. That's that's for sure. Yeah. The, the dog Shred. Okay. Shred dog Shredder. He responds to many, many okay. pronunciations of the word Shred. Um, but yeah, no, it's funny. I, I actually picked that God, back in my kayak days. I picked, I started, my email has been rivershred at gmail.com for God, 20 years, ever since college. I don't know what where that came from i was just like oh river shred you know because uh, i was i was just kayaking and i was really into the playboat scene you know so um i was you know how the the board sports world's always like oh that shreds yeah you know? so it just it just kind of came and then that just kind of stuck with me you know and then i was like oh instagram river shred oh facebook river shred and then yeah it just see you know it's just a kind of a cool catchy um thing for whitewater paddlers you know obviously so it makes sense cool. You don't have to yeah, explain it, it all, any further. It's like yeah, river shred. Yeah. It all it all kind of made sense, and we we're just like, hey, what should we call this board? Oh, the river shred. That's a great name, you know. So, um, yeah, it's it's been fun, man. It's so cool. So we'll begin here in a little bit. Uh, the we're gonna do oh, a little. Good. We're gonna do a little bit of a bio. We're gonna do a little bit about like your paddling background and how you got into to river paddleboarding and. Uh, you know, just a quick conversation like we're doing right now. But I do like to yeah. end with like a positive note. 
So like in, okay. in weird times, uh, you know, yeah. like how, how do you encourage people to get on the water or to, you know, be safe and, and sane and things like that. So, and often it's those last notes that I put at the beginning of the podcast. Like I introduce it lately with like mm-hmm. a note of like why paddleboarding is, is good or why, you know, whatever is good. Just like that really introductory positive note that I have been right. starting the podcast with. So we'll save that to, well, to the end. Hopefully I can come up with some good positive messages in these crazy, crazy, <laughs> insane times, man. Whew. It is. It is so weird. And since I've been it's back from Tennessee, so I've been, you know, in the Reno Tahoe area, the Seattle area, the, the Leavenworth area in the Wenatchee River drainage. And now um, Smith Rocks, I'm looking at Smith Rocks and it doesn't seem like oh, the sorry. last the, the last two months haven't existed. Everybody's out hugging, drinking in bars, restaurants are oh, open man. with some limited space. And I'm like, um. I guess we're in a quarantine now, maybe. I'm not sure. I know. <laughs> Dude, we could probably spend the whole podcast talking about how weird and how backwards this all is. You know, it's it's crazy. Well, my podcast um, began uh, on day one of the Oregon coronavirus quarantine so I could talk to people in New Zealand and Canada and, and wherever to uh, see okay. how people's perspectives <clears throat> were. And now it's kind of gone to where right. I want it to be, you know, adventure <clears throat> travel, content creation, yeah. and rivers. So that's kind of cool. But quarantine is not That there. is cool, man. Anyway, yeah, we we got to talk about um, yeah, we definitely got to talk about adventure adventure paddleboarding. Or what did you what did you coin it? You have the phrase. Well, you're, you're I, I call into... it I call it adventure paddleboarding because it doesn't necessarily yeah, yeah, yeah. have to be whitewater. Or it doesn't necessarily have to right, be right, overnight right, right. trips. But it's just that idea of like, okay, I'm going out for something more than an enjoyable <clears throat> lake trip like there's gonna right. be a dry bag on it and i actually might not enjoy it while i'm doing it but the the the, the memories are going to last forever yeah like the, there's like there's a plane ticket involved and there's weird right, logistics right. involved and you know bruises are probably going to be there and it's just you know it's it's you know it's not it doesn't have to be rowdy but it's just like yeah we're you know putting a board on a backpack or or whatever mm-hmm. it is it's just going to be a little bit more exciting yeah, well, I mean, I would say you're on the short list of folks in the sub world that actually, you know, do that and do those trips and the multi-day trips. So, yeah, we should. We'll definitely talk about that because that's cool. awesome, man. Cool. That's near and dear to my heart, as I think it is to yours. You know. Oh yeah. That whole the multi-sport, multi-day, self-support style trips and all that good stuff. So. And you've been doing yeah. at least an annual trip with Zach and Bradley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We started out. Zach and I started out. God, I don't know, it was twenty. I don't even know how many years, but yeah, I think we're on. If we get one this year, it'll be the sixth year, I believe, um, that we did a, a self-support trip. So mm-hmm. pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. And Bradley's also been a, a guest on the podcast. He's such a, a calm, easy oh, yeah, presence cool. in person and uh, <laughs> on the phone, too. But Yeah, the Zen, the Zen master Bradley. Jeez, Louise. Jeez, Louise. I had a trip uh, to Japan with him, too, that I was just... Um, oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. You I, I, really, I really respected where he comes from. Like his paddling, his activities come from like this this core within him, within his personality, which is really <laughs> right. It's awesome. Yeah, he's been a great, great guy to hang out with. <laughs> I might actually use all of this. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's been already a good uh, start to it. Oh, but, uh... <laughs> use whatever. Use whatever, man. I love it. I love it. I'm just. I I can honestly ramble forever. So um, feel free if I get off topic. Please feel free to. Uh, I want. I don't respect your re- time. Re- redirect me. No, I'm good. I'm good. I. Uh, <laughs> I'm working from home, so I, I work at all all odd hours these days, honestly. So it's all good. On three, we're gonna start this podcast. One, two, <laughs> three. <Okay. laughs> Mike Tavares, welcome uh, to the podcast. 
Oh, thanks for having me, Paul. It's awesome, awesome to chat with you. I've been looking forward to chatting with you in a while. It's been too long since we've actually been together. I think it was on the Lower Deschutes a few years ago. Uh, yeah, it's hung been, out God, it's been a, it feels like forever. Yeah, yeah. It has yeah, been should... forever. Too long, too long. So it's uh, my great opportunity to, to have you on this podcast and talk about adventure travel and some content creation sure. and paddle boarding. I had a conversation with uh, Dan Gavir the other day, and you are, like him, one of the the, the original OG river paddle boarders. <laughs> if anyone doesn't know who you are, any of my listeners don't know who you are, can you give a, a brief bio of, of who you are, where you're from, and how you got into to river paddling? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I've been very fortunate to kind of, you know, fall into the river world. I, I grew up um, in Richmond, Virginia, and uh, believe it or not, I, I actually didn't start paddling um, until college. So I grew up in Richmond, um, you know, just just normal kid, doing lots of team sports, skate, snowboarding was kind of my mm -hmm. passion throughout mm -hmm. high school. Um, went to college in the mountains of Virginia, Radford University, and that's where I was introduced to paddling. So mm. um Went there and I was I was a geology major and I was kind of like yeah you know this is kind of fun and I quickly discovered I think my sophomore year there was an outdoor rec department that I had a couple of friends that were in and I was like outdoor rec that sounds amazing yeah like what am I doing so I I found out there was this thing called the Wilderness Institute uh, over the summer which um, really cool out leadership course that went to Colorado did backpack climbing and paddling. And I was like, this is great. So I took that as an elective, actually, uh, just to get, yeah, elective. I was like, I got to do this. This sounds amazing. Um, I was really into backpacking and climbing, but had not paddled at all. Um, so we went to Colorado, uh, did the backpacking course and climbing. And we spent a week on the Arkansas River. So um, based kind of in Salida mm -hmm. and then down in Pueblo as well. So I uh, got in a kayak for the first time and then did an overnight raft trip. And honestly, that was that was the spark of my paddling uh, career and paddling interest. So I remember exactly where I was when I saw the first person in a kayak. I was sitting <laughs> on the riverbanks in Salida, like eating a sandwich at lunch. And I'm like, these guys are in the, the main clay hole there in Salida at the boat ramp. And I was like, God, what in the world are these guys doing? You know, they're doing flips, cartwheels. And I'd never seen that before. And I was like, that looks amazing. I, I, I have to do that. So um, that was what sparked it, yeah, and I started kayaking after that point. Um, About when was that? Are we, uh, like, uh, in the 90s? Uh, well, a little later. So that would have been um, 2003. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So 2003 was when I started um, kayaking, you know. Did that trip, came back to Radford in Virginia, bought a kayak literally like the first day that I came back. <laughs> um, but an old perception, Mr. Clean, and uh, we had a really great spot there in the New River. Nice little um, so I, I think I probably kayaked by myself three to five days a week for the next couple of years, and um, yeah, just kind of started started from there. So got into the kayak scene super hard, um, and then after after college, I, I moved literally moved directly to Salida, became a rap guide, um, and then was, was kind of in and out of there for six seasons on the river kayak constructing raft guiding yeah, we're having a conversation with micah or not, you're mike damaris having a conversation <laughs> with uh mike harvey uh the other day he said that you know when he was drawn to colorado was also in the salida area and he yeah. know, was doing rafting and owned a company and 
you know, threw some rocks in the in the river to create the first uh, I, Salino. Yeah, his story is amazing. His story is so good. It's, it is. It's crazy what sparked and what's screwed off of his motivation and his interest. It's so cool. So, so had you been on a paddleboard yet before he said, hey, Mike, you do you think you could surf this board thing? <laughs> I mean, not really. I, I think I'd been, I was trying to think, honestly, after I listened to his uh, story, I was like, God, had I been on a board before then? I think I'd been on a board in flat water, mm-hmm. um, maybe a couple ocean trips, because I did spend, um, a- after the summer, I would go back east and, and spend a lot of time at the coast and in Florida and North Carolina and stuff like that. I think I'd taken a family trip and popped on like a, you know, 11 foot, one of those sure. early like layered boards sure. or something um, and cruised around. But I was like, yeah, this is kind of fun, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, no, I think one of the first times when I saw Mike and Zach surf in and, you know, I knew them a little bit, but not very much. I was always in my kayak, just throwing in surfing or watching those guys. And I was like, God, that looks so fun. You know, I've got to get on a board. And so we eventually hooked up and I got on the board and I remember that first surf on the bad fish board. I, I literally, I think I just front surfed and carved for about an hour and a half by myself. No one was down there. It was amazing. <laughs> And there was another one of those just moments where everything clicks, you know, and you're like, this is what I'm going to do. This, I, I'm obsessed with this from that moment on. So, yeah, that, that was what sparked it. Um, water, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of an, an odd one. So that was what it, it kind of, I remember just standing on the board and obviously being sitting in a kayak for so long. It's a different day. You know, you're down on the water and then you're standing up on a board. It's totally different. You know, you're moving around. You just have a different connection to the water, mm-hmm. um, just different senses. And you, you're, you know, using the water in different ways than you are sitting in a kayak. So I immediately just, I, I was best. So from that moment on, that was, that was the spark for the whitewater SUP for me. Honestly, that was, that was it. I, I pretty much, I wouldn't say I quit kayaking, but it, it kind of took a backseat to stuff yeah river surfing and yeah gosh the rest is history so that that was probably the early days of bad fish that was before they even you know started the company fully so yeah so that's that's right around the 2009 2010 area yeah yeah i wouldn't say it was like 2010 yeah, yeah. was when was when i got on the board so and by the time yeah. i got into it uh maybe 2013 or whatever uh, I was looking to do multi-day trips on a board, and it happened to be mm-hmm. rivers, and so I didn't yeah. know anything about rivers. I didn't have a kayaking background, at least on the rivers. Um, and so, of course, you, you ask Google, like, is river paddleboarding a thing? And <laughs> it said, well, yeah, it is a thing, kind of. It's a, a niche thing, and there's Dan Gavir and Mike Tavares. I'm like, okay, who's 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 Mike T? And oh, he's teaching you how to surf in Salida. That's interesting. You could surf on a river. Right. And I was blown away then by your your ability to articulate what this river surfing thing is. <clears throat> I wasn't really interested in it at that point. And I also wasn't interested in dropping 30-foot waterfalls like Dan Gavir, so I just got, had to go figure it out on my own. But I still look at those early videos of you instructing people how to catch waves, and you were doing mm-hmm. something in those early videos that people are only now 
kind of getting into, and that's ambidextric <clears throat> stance. Like, did that come from your skateboarding background or your snowboarding? Like, how are you so comfortable even that early into paddleboarding with, uh, you know, bringing your toes into the wave, regardless of side that you're entering on? You know, that's that's a good question. I, mean, I think it does have a lot to do with uh, the skating and snowboarding background. Because, I, I mean, I'm not so ambidextrous on a skateboard, but on a snowboard I am. Um, I used to force myself to ride switch for weeks at, at weeks on end when I was shorts, you know, just to kind of switch it up. Um, and then, you know, kayak too, I think, helps. And I'm going to interrupt you really quick, Mike. I'm losing reception. Is it me or is it? Hold on, let me check. Sometimes my headphones are. Is that any better? Uh, the audio quality is is lost a little bit, but I could I could hear you, and it's just interesting because all of a sudden you just break out completely. But yeah, going um, going to that ambidextrous element, um, you know, being a left-handed and in, in, in a in a right person's world, I guess you, you have right. to adapt. But uh, it is much more on a board. It is much more efficient to put yourself in position of where you're going, and I like to say move oh, yeah. towards the oh, toes, yeah. and it, like just entering a wave towards your toes, it's just you you draw in and you're in the wave. If you're paddling with your your heel side into a wave, you have to do this weird extravagant uh, deep arcing paddle stroke, and you can't see where you're going. So, uh, the the few clinics that I've taught uh, about surfing or catching waves or catching eddies is that you know be like Mike T, drop towards your toes. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah. I mean, well, I will say that honestly, like. And gosh, in those early days, or even now, you know, when I when I go surf a wave, I will I will spend hours practicing on either side and yeah. kind of forcing myself. So it is a little bit of uh, or a lot of of just repetition and and kind of forcing the body to it on the opposite side. So and when you're dropping lots, down, lots through, of practice, lots of practice. When you're dropping through a rapid, are you also equally comfortable uh, ambidextrous? You know, that's that's funny because I surf, I'm a goofy footed surfer um, at the core, but when I'm going down river, I'm actually more comfortable um, in, in more of a, a modified regular foot stance. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it, that comes from my dominant paddling side sure. is on the right. Sure. Um, so that's kind of what that is. Yeah, for bracing and just paddle strokes are a little stronger on the right, but yet while I'm surfing, they're stronger as a goofy footed surfer. So it's, it's kind of weird, yeah. You... Sometimes I forget. Am I goofy regular? What am I doing? I don't know. <laughs> <If> I get... <laughs> well, that that's awesome to forget. I think that's what all the training right. is supposed to do so that you're responding instinctually. You're not thinking about mm -hmm. it. Uh, watching right. people get, I mean, I think, what, are we in the third generation of River Paddler now? Uh, you're yeah, definitely at, at that, that, that first generation. And then I think I came around that second generation. Uh, and now more and more people are doing what I enjoy, strapping uh, bags to boards and doing multi-day mm -hmm. trips and um, running more technical water cleanly. Uh, yeah. There's much less gear on the river, which is nice. Like usually, like when oh, I started, I it was that. like yeah. dress like a football player, full face helmet, and just like treat the river with like, oh my god, I'm gonna get hurt. Uh, now right, it's nice right. to see that people are okay. You know, a little less gear, a little bit cleaner lines, an understanding totally. of what's possible. That there are waves mm -hmm. out there that you could travel to. That there are, there are overnight trips that you could go to. So it's kind of, mm -hmm. I, I see this third generation emerging of people knowing that it's there, they could do it, the gear is right. there, and uh, there are people that they could be influenced by 
mm-hmm. so that that's a, it's a really cool thing. And as far as the the traveling to do this sport, where are some places that you have been to that you could uh, you know without giving too many details, I suppose. Uh, but where where are some places that a river paddleboarder must go that you've been to? Mm. Oh man, well, uh, gosh, there's so many in the U.S. alone. I, I got a couple places near and dear to my heart in the East Coast. You know, the Southeast, just that little pocket of Eastern Tennessee, Western North Carolina, stuff like that, like yeah. Anahela, the Ocoee, uh Rock Island, Tennessee. Is yeah, just an iconic spot that doesn't get utilized that much. It does for kayaking um, and surfing, but um, yeah, those, those that's probably my my favorite spots. Um, out east well before this conversation began uh before the podcast began we were talking a little bit about rock island and how i had that great pleasure of just bringing some hiking shoes there recently and thinking about some of those early videos of you surfing and running (laughs) that place and it was like this is rock island is a bucket list for paddleboarders it must be i mean look how beautiful this cascading waterfall is right next to rapids like what is this place all about uh it's a magical it's just a magical zone when you're down in the river you had the waterfalls and the water you got rocks and it, it, it's a wild geological wonder for sure and you're in utah now uh what about uh, yeah, yeah. running rivers in utah yeah you know well this year we had a pretty short season there there's some good stuff um you got the weaver provo ogden um you know kind of the standards coming out of the wasatch but uh typically if i want to get my you know real good fix i'll, I'll go up to the snake Mm-hmm. Um, got our little gym of a wave in Evanston when that's <laughs> blowing. That uh, you know, more people are discovering this year. I, I actually surfed with three or four people. Some some shortboard ocean surfers from Salt Lake started to discover that wave, which has been pretty cool to see that evolution. You know, of of, of landlocked surfers kind of hunting down waves, um, especially right now because they're like, yeah, we can't travel to California. So we heard about this river wave, and now we're up here, and they're you know they're getting white white water knowledge from us so that was really cool to see um but yeah you know typically i'll, I'll either go to idaho colorado or uh, wyoming from here so um obviously the colorado season was as far as the racing season yeah. and that whole circuit that uh, you know a lot of folks get on pilgrimage to to do all the sub races and, and it's like a big kind of traveling caravan around colorado for a month which is pretty fun so that got cut short this year obviously but um, you know that's you know that's that's that'll be there next year hopefully so. and what do you think about those carnival festivals the the gopro games the fibark of course and the the event ekoe and, and the golly fest i like i have not been to many of those fests i've been to one gopro game but i wasn't competing right i went i competed in a couple of the the pay it river games when they were in existence and that's where i met you for oh, the first yeah. time god that was fun but like, it, should those events like a Fibark and a Golly Fest be on a on a river paddleboarder's uh, calendar when in normal you years? Know, I think they should. You know, um, you know, there's there's kind of two different aspects to it from my perspective. I've I've always loved to race. You know, so I love that racing um, aspect of it, just getting in there in competition and trying to push yourself uh, faster, harder. Um, there, there's a certain camaraderie that comes comes to the racing from my aspect. I mean, most people would, would not look at me and say, oh, yeah, you're like a really competitive racer. <laughs> Typically, I'm so mellow. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah you know, let's go paddle the thing out, do whatever. But gosh, it's crazy. You know, um, I, I just love that feeling of racing. You know, <clears throat> I'm the mellowest guy until until that buzzer sounds. And then I just I flip the switch and it's, you know, it's such a cool 
mental and personal battle for me, which which I love. So <clears throat> those are great, you know, and, and I have seen that all those races um, have done for the sport. You know, they some people are drawn to it. You know, it, it's mm. gotten a lot of people from other disciplines of sports mm. that like to race, you know, into that SUV, especially GoPro games and FibArt. You know, those are classics. Uh, you wouldn't think that, uh, you know, 200 people would be signed up for the downriver race at GoPro. <laughs> Uh, you know, on that tiny little creek, but God, every year it just exponentially grows. So it kind of is cool to see, you know, and then there's just that camaraderie for, um, you know, people can kind of see <clears throat> what, what's going on with the sport and hang out with other athletes and get tips and yeah. tips and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's, I, I think that's, that's a, a scene of the sport that uh, is there to for sure. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you probably notice, you know, a lot of the ocean races um, have have dropped off the map. Yeah. Oh yeah. Seen towards the coast and just even other inland, you know, flat water lake races and stuff like that are just gone. So the whitewater racing scene has has only gotten bigger and better. So that's cool to see those, you know, our kind of niche of is is actually, I would say, growing at a faster rate than anywhere else. <clears throat> and you have a signature river board. The river shred. I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I was super lucky. You know, we've <clears throat> I've worked with the bad fish guys, um, on on all the boards over the years. You know, just just testing and having fun, mm. and we've always, you know, tried to design the the best downriver paddleboard um, for our purposes and, and other folks and folks into the sport. So yeah, you know, it's been a it it was a long design process, and that was the cool part about it. You know, we took every board that we've you know designed from the inception of bad fish we tested we tweaked and we finally have landed on on the model that um, i'm fortunate enough to have my name on but yeah it's just something that, that we we hope uh, everybody enjoys and you know good good board for getting people into the sport as, as well as you know the high end um of downriver suv that you see you know, spencer lacy which is i can't do all the things that he doing crazy things on that board so it's cool i've never heard of spencer lacy he uh he must be yeah, new right. to the sport <laughs> yeah yeah i saw him on instagram the other day he was naked he's either naked or he's wearing some sort of uh costume running weird things yeah, in tubes that, or yeah. signature yeah <laughs> uh like his instagram post the other day had him in a in a liquor store getting a bunch of beer so i assume that's a colorado yeah. river trip coming yeah. up it looked like he was on a, a pretty wild river trip for sure. Yeah. And and then yeah. uh, how how's Shredder doing? Your river dog. <laughs> oh my gosh, he he's you know he's he's like nine or ten now, but gosh, he is still crazy as ever. Um, you know that he's had gosh, he's such a lucky dog. I actually got him <laughs> uh, when I was living in a previous RV in Chattanooga, so I picked him up from a pound in Chattanooga just by chance um and the, literally the first place that i took him was to rock island yeah um, and i was kayaking and river surfing at the time and i was like this dog is going to be a river dog you know <laughs> so i sat him on the rocks and he watched the surf and, and from that point on he was obsessed with water so it's pretty cool um yeah he's been a great little addition you know traveled with me everywhere in the rv for about six years just me and him and cruising coast to coast you know, he is a very he is a very loved dog 
many fans around the country. <laughs> many fans. I, I wouldn't be surprised but, uh, if, uh, it, like, if you had an Instagram with him, it would have even more followers. I mean, like the animal Instagram thing is a I real know. thing. <laughs> I know. I've thought about it many times. So, so many people are like, why didn't he have his own page? I'm like, oh, gosh, that's so much work, you know. Oh, but, yeah, it's funny. He's been a great, great companion over the years, so. Awesome. And congratulations for this. You are now a father. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, gosh, what an amazing ride. So, yeah, a wild times to have a child, but, uh, you know, uh, it's been great. So, a little blessing in disguise during all this craziness that's happening right now. So. And you, you told me about the, the naming of her. Uh, share with my audience how, how your little girl was named. <laughs> Yes, that's a cool story. Yeah, so her name is Rena Eddie Tavares, um, and then middle name Eddie spelled like a river Eddie. So, so my partner Gina Peters was on a river trip at the time. About this, gosh, it must have been about three years ago. But she was on the Green River section below Green River to um, Mineral Bottom, and yeah, she was just, you know, pulled over in an Eddie on her uh, board, did a little hike uh, up this side canyon and uh, a little canyon wren, so a bird popped up right next to her and sat there and just kind of stared at her in the face. So <laughs> that was kind of a sign, you know, she's like a little canyon ran. So she came up with the name Rena and then uh, she was next to a big Eddie and that, that was where the name came from. So yeah, it's kind of a cool uh, river story, you know, it's got a lot of meaning to it because we're both river folks, we both appreciate the water and, and hopefully pass it down to the next generation of, of mm. family. So it's going to be cool to see. I dipped her toes in the first Eddie yes, the other day on, uh, up in Mill Creek, outside of Salt Lake, so dipped her toes into the river. She was not too stoked when she found out how cold it was, but, uh, you know, had to do it. So. And is she is she a year now? She's tiny. Oh, gosh, she's she's five, uh, almost six weeks. Six weeks come Friday. Oh, my goodness. Friday. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, my goodness. Oh, tiny. my goodness. <laughs> Have yeah, you... so she's pretty, she's fresh. It's a new addition, so it's, uh, it's still... We're, we've just been ha honestly just been hanging at home. We actually took our first RV trip with her. Um, we had one month old, so got to you know got to get out of the house. Went went up to Wyoming, did a little river surf. Sure. She went out by the river. She loved to camp by the river, so <laughs> it was great. Yeah, trying to instill those uh, what's near and dear to us early on in those kids. You know, absolutely. So, Do you follow? Connor Baxter in social media, he just posted his newborn. Uh, like, oh, I did. I saw that yesterday about when he dipped uh, yeah. him under the water. Yeah, that was wild. Exactly. <laughs> so water. Yeah, so I mean, the significance of water and 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 uh, the you know generational experiences with it. It's a, it's a pretty amazing mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, I would agree. You know, it's it's kind of what what brings uh, you know me closest to nature and closest to myself. So it's. Uh, it'll be cool to, to take that on to the next level with a child, you know, much like it's so cool to see all the little kids that have been paddling over the years that I've, <laughs> you know, friends of friends. And, and now that they're, they're surfing and paddling better than, than myself. <laughs> it's so amazing to see, you know, it's like that, that's what it's all about is getting more folks into the sport, more folks into enjoying water and enjoying nature and, and just finding their own path out there it's so cool to see so i'm looking forward to that for sure we got a little time she's still pretty young <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well yeah. with with the passing on generations what do you think what's your magic ball prediction of the 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 evolution and the future of of river paddleboarding is it just a niche thing that will come and go or is it a, actually a viable way of of, of exploring rivers Oh man, you know, uh, it's it's such a viable way. 
um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really glad that I'm in that kind of inland river, whitewater side of things. Cause I like to do all, all types of water, you know, ocean and, and everything will continue to grow. But I feel like for us being, you know, inland paddlers looking for, for rivers and lakes and that sort of stuff, you know, the population, it wants to do that. So I, I think that it's just going to explode. You know? mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to continue to, to see rising people are recreating at, at higher paces than we've ever seen before mm-hmm. you know sales during, during during all the shutdown and stuff you know recreation is, is where it's at people are getting out people are exploring their backyards rivers mountains trails you name it but yeah i think um you know the sport of sup has been instrumental in bringing folks out into the water you know yeah. for, for one it doesn't matter whether it's moving or flat just because it's so easy you know, I, the barrier to for kayaking is a, is definitely higher, but you know, folks get an SUP and it's so easy and and freeing and and just so so simple to uh, enjoy the water that I I think it's you know the sky's the limit for us. So, um, yeah, I think we're here to stay, man. We're gonna see a boom for for river and inland paddling for sure. Well, that's that's good to hear because I'm I have been attracted to river paddleboarding because of its. You know, it's 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 relative simplicity, the the oh, leave yeah. no trace ethics for the the multi day trips mm-hmm. that I enjoy. It's really there. Like I wasn't interested mm-hmm. in rivers when I was a kid, uh, or, or as a as a way of of traveling because I just saw rivers as kayaking and that looked crazy and dangerous. Right. And who wanted to be upside down yeah. bashing your face into rocks? Yeah. And then Fair and enough, then the yeah. other option was rafting with a bunch of uh, your oh, your yeah. buddies who are intoxicated. Like those were my those yeah. were my extremes. It was either rafting and being drunk or or kayaking and getting <laughs> thrashed. And then right. so when I when I found paddleboarding, I'm like, oh, I could go backpacking and have a, a little mm-hmm. impact on the terrain. I don't need boat yeah. ramps, and I don't even really need no. a you know a campground to to bivouac on. And I have all my stuff in a backpack, and off I go for you know several days. And I loved it. So I'm glad. Oh, uh, sure. I'm glad uh, you, you're predicting that it's still a viable way of of, of getting around. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you do at least one annual trip every year with gear on your bag, sup support. Yeah. Yeah. Really made it a point over the last five years to just find somewhere to go at adventure, you know, style SUP to get out there, do a couple of days away from society, trying trying to find you know the the best uh, left, you know, secrets uh, of the <laughs> river that are you know undammed or yeah. you know, roadless areas and that sort of stuff. So yeah, that's been amazing. Um, and it honestly, it like just like you're saying, you know, why you're drawn to it. It's it's such a simplistic and easy way to travel on the water um yeah it's so easy so free you know you don't need much yeah it's just like backpacking on the water so low impact easy to do um yeah and i got i got my start in that i did um the first multi-day trip i did actually was on the grand canyon i did Mm -hmm. kayak self-support um and i've done some rafting trips over the years but yeah just it's so gear intensive and time intensive um that i really appreciate that just simple style of travel you know everything you got is, is in two or three bags and you know, you can stay out for a week, two weeks, and yeah. be good to go. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, those those style of trips, I think people are drawn to as well. I've been getting lots of emails and questions off my blog posts and off my website just about that. Um, and it's it's cool to to give folks tips and tricks, you know, just how to do that because people are seeking a little bit of 
adventure in that in that direction. And in the description for this podcast, I'll be sure to to link your your blog and and your social media. But uh, just uh, shout out right now what uh, what how people could find you online. Oh yeah, yeah, easy. So it's just uh, my website's rivershred.com. So that's the easiest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and everything. Yeah, everything is rivershred. So uh, easy. Yeah, to, to find me out there on Perfect. the social. So. And when you're not uh, shredding the rivers, what are you doing for cross-training? This, this is a segue into one-wheel. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I do a lot of one-wheeling, uh, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't call it, quite call it cross-training, but it, it is a fun. <laughs> it's a fun way to get around. You know, I use it for transportation to go to the store. I, I've been riding lots of trails and, um, you know, just cruise around the city for sure. But, yeah, no, that that's uh, – one of my favorite things to do, you know, I've been getting back into skating a little bit, which mm-hmm. has been fun, trying to keep up those old tricks yeah. uh, before I lose them, you know. The five tricks that I can still do, you got to keep them. You know, I don't wanna... <laughs> Every year of my birth, last year of my birthday, I was like, okay, I got to land one 360 clip. And I landed one, I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I've been skating a little bit, been doing a little biking. Um, yeah, that's about it, you know, um, as far as cross-training stuff. Sure. Winter time, obviously, lots of snowboarding. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, try to, try to be diverse. I think it's good to, to have, um, I've always enjoyed to be able to do lots of different sports, you know, um, good at lots of sports, masters a few, I would say, or masters, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's just kind of, it's good you know, to be, be quite diverse out there. So you never know where you're going to end up. So you got to utilize what's in front of you. Utilize what's in front of you, and board sports is certainly that. And I, you know, I also come from a skateboarding background and that creativity. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, yeah. I chatted with uh, Mike about that too. And I, and I referred. You're you're a little too young, probably. You don't even know the Bones Brigade, I bet. But uh, when I in the in the the mid '80s, skateboarding was just like a series of kids, including Tony Hawk, mm-hmm. who were making videos and having fun, and it was just like this lifestyle thing. Well, before what skateboarding is is now just this idea of of traveling and finding something one of the mm-hmm. the the best known Paolo Peralta movies was uh, the search for animal chin and the theme <laughs> the theme behind that was like you're always moving to find one perfect intangible thing like this mythical mm-hmm. experience and i really like that idea of like okay it doesn't exist but it's the journey and it's right. the experience and it's the camaraderie that's required yeah in that pursuit that really is that sport do you think oh, do you think river paddleboarding could ever be a uh, like a, a cool thing for young kids like skateboarding has because like mostly who i'm seeing it right now are like you know people my age in the mid 40s or a little bit younger but not really too much younger unless they're just surfing right right yeah you know i think it i think it will um you know you look at places like where you live and bend i, I think People are, are going to be drawn to those waves, especially as, as more waves are discovered and, and you know, built in, in cities. Mm-hmm. I think that that younger population, it's going to boom, you know. Um, I think so, you know. It's, if it's accessible and, and easy to do, uh, I think it's, it's going to grow for sure. Accessible um, and easy to do, yeah. Yeah, and river surfing is pretty easy, you know. It's pretty minimal. You know, even SUP surfing is pretty easy and minimal. and. All you got to have is some boards, some safety equipment, and, uh, you know, a little bit of instruction, but not too much. You know, the barrier to entry is pretty pretty low, so that's good. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I would certainly love to see that. And I think it is, you know. You look at towns like Salida, 
10 days you'll go out there in July and August when the water's low. God, there'll be 20 kids looking for it surfing and stuff like that. So, uh, I mean, there's nowhere to go but but up from there, you know, as far as, as, far as more folks into the river. So, and, and gosh, place, places are still being discovered um, as far as, you know, river surfing. It's been interesting. This has been an interesting year. There's a bunch of videos. I'm, not, I'm sure you've seen them online, but new waves up in Montana and stuff like that that people are just starting to, you know, scratch the surface of, which I think is going to open a whole new level of, of inland surfing and folks searching for that stuff um, as they're trapped inland or just, you know, coming from the coast to do the search, those, you know, surf that novelty wave or that different wave and stuff like that. So. Exactly. And, and during a, a period of quarantine, we've had to be creative of what local is. And if you're a, totally. a, a surfer who, you know, travels to the coast a few times a year or whatever, but you live in a Montana or a Wyoming, it's like, okay, a local means that river wave. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. So, and in almost all of my episodes, including like with Brittany, that we, that I talk about surfing, I, I talk a little bit about uh, gear and how to, to keep people safe, but I want to talk about something yeah, a little we different. Could, with, with, we with, spend with, a whole episode talking about that. Yeah, I want to talk about it a little bit different. I just I had a conversation with Ben Smith out of, of uh, Boulder, uh, right. and we talked a little bit about ethnicity, like Paddle, rivers are pretty whitewashed in the in the United mm-hmm. States. Uh, how would I mean access is a, is a is a big thing. How 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 are we and should we be looking to include uh, people of of different ethnicities, different colors, different demographics to the river? How can we how can we encourage uh, a diversity for river use? Difficult yeah, I mean, question, that, I know. Think- yeah, no, it's a difficult one, but no, it's an important one, you know. Um, uh, you know, I've I've been fortunate over the years. We used to do lots of uh, kayak instruction and rafting with with folks from Denver, where we'd bring school groups up and tr- just trying to get folks that would never have been um, exposed to that into those environments, you know. And that that's a good way, just um, teaching and experiencing, you know, for for those those groups that are, you know, have never been in a river before or something like that. But I think um, it's got, it's, it's an important one. It's a tough question for sure. But, you know, I, as the barrier to entry lowers for sure for, for costs and that sort of thing, I think that's going to dramatically help, um, you know, with the foam boards and mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I think we're going to see places like Denver, you know, new folks get into that sport that w- would have never had the opportunity. I should you know, reach just, out to, just, to Shannon, your your batfish cohort in in Dayton, Ohio. I think he's putting yeah, more good... more people on the on the river too that probably wouldn't have otherwise. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Who would have ever thought they're surfing in Dayton, Ohio? You know, um, <laughs> and he and he has done an amazing job of education um, and and kind of offering classes and stuff like that. So yeah, that's what it's all about. It's about education, um, just exposing folks to it that. Um, you know, haven't, and I, I think it's coming. You know, I, I think it's it's getting more into the limelight, and folks are seeing it, whether it be on social media or in person, walking, you know, by a river wave, and um, I, I think it's just going to grow from there. So, and having yeah. just the you know mentors and and uh, you know people that you can look up to, and like I've also had a conversation with Rita Boychuk in in British Columbia, and she is just a ball of energy and enthusiasm and stoke and is really getting uh, a lot of women interested in rivers. Maybe they hadn't been interested in before. It'd be nice to see, uh, I think, a little bit more color on yeah. the river as well. I, I agree. You know, uh, I, I think um, 
yeah, bring everyone to the river. I think it's such a great place to recreate and it's such a great community. You know, it's, it's very, it's very inclusive and unifying and, and just such a good culture to bring to, you know, to everyone. So, yeah. And as, as we're having uh, this conversation, I'm in the van looking out the window of Smith rocks and looking at all the, the colorful outfits, uh, climbing the, the sport <laughs> routes here and you know, yeah, outdoor yeah. recreation is, is definitely whitewashed. I call it, but the, the, the yeah, people who are able to find wild places and express themselves tend to be the people who are stewards from the planet. So I think, I think more than just, Oh, we need a, a quota of, of different people in the outdoors it's we just need more awareness of how special the outdoors are the wild grasses the trees the rocks the rivers i think the 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 planet would be a better place if uh if humans were were better stewards but oh i i fully agree yeah Yeah, (laughs) i i I mean just just from my experiences on rivers and just being outside yeah that's that's what kind of draws your attention to the to the need to preserve things and just just be good you know just just be good to yourself be good to the outdoors be good to everybody you know it's, it's kind of a it seems like such I, a simple concept right it's honestly you know it's it does it seems like such just be good to other people you know just, just protect everything that's around you you know treat others like you want to be treated that you know if there's one thing that i grasp from my religious upbringing that's mm. it you know just 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 be good be a good person and a role model. And when I met you at uh, the Payette River Games in 2015 or whatever it was, I was struck instantly by how mellow you were and how calm you were and how you had a big smile. And I think, uh, you know, I saw you for the first time surfing and, and uh, Shredder was just right on the rocks and maybe even in the water yeah, with you. Yeah, probably and, barking at me. Uh, and then, like, you, like, probably podiumed at uh, some point, like just like rail to rail, like competitive paddling, like, and again, just like slapping people on the back and having a good time. I'm like, oh, that, mm-hmm. that is the personality that you want to be uh, oh, totally. around. And that's the personality that uh, you, you look for. And uh, that's the personality I reached out uh, in, in having a conversation here with you. So in, in, the, in the last couple of minutes, let's uh, just readdress how how in these dark times, these confusing times, these times where there 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 are viruses, pandemics, uh, economic crises, uh, climate change, all of the negative. What uh, mm-hmm. what are some of your words that we could uh, take us out today for positivity? How can we end the day with a smile <laughs> on our face and look forward to tomorrow? <laughs> Oh man, that's a great question. Yeah, you know, well, it's gosh, it's so it's it is so easy to go down the rabbit hole of, of everything that's going on, and God, there's so much bad going on right now. But you know, you just gotta, like I I said a little while ago, yeah. just just take care of each other. You know, um, I, I truly believe in karma, and I think uh, you know if you're if you're treating others with respect, you know, you're going to be treated with respect. Um, taking care of others, just just be irrational person and just just try to do as much good as you can and it might just be right in front of you you know just locally and um and, you know I, th- I think there's a lot of great positive change that's going to happen in the near future out of out of all the social injustice that's happening mm. I, I can already see positive change so we just got to look ahead you know just stay positive um things will change and 
yeah, just keep your chin up, you know. Um, <laughs> are you are you describing the uh, social the social climate or running a river? Looking forward, what? projecting, keeping your chin gotcha. up. <laughs> well, you know that's a life lesson that I I've, you can use in so many different aspects, right? You know, so it's so it's transferable to to every every style of life. Thank you, sir. Congratulations on having uh, your little one. That's the that's certainly a future for you. Uh, thank you oh, for the river amazing. metaphors, the the positivity, and Mike Tavares. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it, man. We'll hopefully see you on the river very soon. Yeah. <laughs>